This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, October 2nd, 2023. I'm Caleb Brown. Medicaid rolls grew rapidly during the pandemic. Now, years later, unemployment is back to pre-pandemic levels. The Biden administration has been urging states to slow down the process of auditing Medicaid for ineligible recipients. Ray Hederman is vice president of policy at Ohio's Buckeye Institute. We spoke in August in Chicago. People are roughly familiar with Medicaid. Medicaid uh, uptake was uh, expanded uh, during the uh, Obamacare uh, imbroglio, let's call it. Um, But during the pandemic, we saw the largest ever increase in unemployment in American history in the shortest time we've ever seen it. Um, But things have been reasonably good economically since 2020. And uh, but the rules of Medicaid have changed somewhat, at least uh, edicts from the federal government to states on uh, how they are able to enroll or disenroll or remove people from Medicaid. So walk us through sort of what has changed in Medicaid since the pandemic began and where we are now. Sure. In 2020, Caleb, uh, President Trump you know, signed into law a variety of relief packages aimed at helping states and people through the pandemic. And one of those gave states more money uh, to pay for Medicaid. But in return, states agreed to certain rules that we call a maintenance of effort, that states would not disenroll people from Medicaid for reasons that they were making too much money, for example. Uh, they wouldn't audit people to look and see if they had uh, other types of health insurance. So as a consequence, people uh, lost their jobs temporarily, and Medicaid enrollment exploded. And the maintenance of effort remained in place for three years, which meant it's kind of like the Hotel California. You know, you can check in, you can enroll in Medicaid, but you can't check out. So as a consequence, three years later, you know, states now have the ability to go back and check and see if people are eligible for Medicaid based on coverage, Did they leave the state? Uh, What is their income like? And the reason this is important is because when this bill was initially enacted, people thought, you know, the pandemic would go on, you know, maybe for a long time, people would be unemployed, the economy would crater. And as you mentioned, you know, unemployment spiked at a record high, going from 4%, 4.4% to 15% in two months. But since then, unemployment has returned to normal. A lot of states are experiencing record low unemployment rates, but Medicaid rolls remained eligible because states could never check for eligibility. I'm just trying to work through the incentives here in my mind. The feds uh, want states to have high Medicaid eligibility uh, because it's kind of a good bang for your buck uh, from the federal level, which is it's a federal and state matching program in a sense. Feds kick in money. The states then have to kick in uh, money. The states, for states, it's kind of a good deal because the states kick in money and they get a they get a twofer uh, in terms of the federal inflow. But the feds are always, it seems, seeking ways to control how states actually administer a Medicaid. So why would the federal government make it then easier to disenroll? or do these kinds of uh, checks for eligibility and then trim the roles of people who are are not, or by all rights, should not be eligible for Medicaid? Sure. Well, you know, one of the things is the Biden administration did not really want 
states to be able to go back and end the maintenance of effort. Um, So the Biden administration continued the national health emergency, you know, long after we had vaccines, long after the number of cases fell. And the only reason states can now go back through and check Medicaid uh, eligibility and end the maintenance of effort is because Congress uh, passed a law allowing states to do this. So it was not kind of the federal government saying, let's return to regular order. It was Congress, you know, passing a law that said states can now uh, review the rules for eligibility. And I think, you know, the challenge again is, is that, you know, Medicaid originally was a program aimed for people with special needs uh, uh, and, and people with very low income. And since then, we've continued to expand the program with a lot of bad incentives. And so you got to a point where, you know, Medicaid was could be crowding out private coverage. It would be state taxpayers would be paying for people with high incomes and with jobs. And so it changed the purpose of the program while placing a lot more burden on taxpayers. And even worse, you know, squeezing out the ability of certain people who need Medicaid coverage to actually be able to access care to their provider. So again, you know, here we are three years after the pandemic, you know, unemployment remained very, very low. And states have still have extremely high Medicaid rolls, expended about 25 to 30 percent. And so if you believe that people, you know, should have the access to better coverage, coverage they want, then we want to see people go off Medicaid, go back to alternative private coverage. Otherwise, they're constrained by a lot more rules that the federal and state governments put in place that govern the Medicaid program. So when people see headlines in the papers uh, or uh, on their local news, that is people being kicked off of Medicaid, what you know, characterize what that actually is. Yeah. So uh, you'll see, for example, you know, a term Medicaid retermination, right? Maybe there. And it's a technical term that says, you know, we're looking and we're auditing uh, the state Medicaid rules to see if people are eligible. Because again, the purpose of the Medicaid program was to provide health insurance, you know, for low income people and people that may have temporarily been laid off who got coverage through their employer had been back to work for multiple years. So we should expect a lot of these audits to find people that say, yes, they're in the workplace, they have a good job, they have a good income, they have other types of of health insurance coverage. Or, you know, for example, they could have been on uh, the exchanges, you know, through the ACA, but there are other coverages than Medicaid. So we should expect a lot of people to be found ineligible for Medicaid because it is an income-based program. The other thing to remember is people are saying, you know, they're comparing this to uh, the Great Recession of 2007, you know, and that was the last time states were bound by these rules saying you cannot remove people from the Medicaid program. Well, you know, uh, if you take a look at the recession of 2007, unemployment peaked at about 10 percent, lower than the 15 percent that we saw in 2020, and it took the economy eight years for the unemployment rate to fall back to where it was. Today, it has only taken us three years to go back. And again, a lot of states have record job openings. So the fact is, a lot of these people on the expanded Medicaid rolls were quickly able to find jobs, be able to find better jobs, has uh, the tight labor market has pushed up wages and compensation. And so if you're trying to compare today's Medicaid enrollees versus previous periods where states went through and audited their Medicaid programs, we should expect many more people to be found ineligible because they're working and they're making income above the Medicaid threshold limits. I don't know how related this is, but it strikes me as odd that uh, a a program that is designed to help people who uh, are having a bad time, 
people who are either unemployed or or cannot work or uh, have children that that need co- need coverage that they somehow uh, are unable to get. And we have the the Biden administration that has is actively working to make it more difficult for people to get short term health care plans. Yeah, exactly, Caleb. And I think you do. You go back and you take a look at, you know, what is the goal of a lot of people um, in the Biden administration, a lot of people on the left, and that is to have a single-payer type system, right, a government-run healthcare program. And, you know, we've seen steps in that direction where, you know, Medicare covers healthcare, you know, for people in their 60s. Uh, and then if you continue to expand Medicaid, you're continuing to have people permanently on government health care programs. And the more things that, you know, the administration could do to squeeze out alternatives, the more people are forced on government-run health care programs. And that, I think, becomes a concern because people have less choice, people have less opportunities, and kind of drives down innovation in the healthcare sector. So, you know, short-term health care plans is the perfect example of how people could get health care coverage during a period like the pandemic, right? You know, maybe you temporarily lose your job, you need a temporary uh, bridge to your next opportunity to get health insurance. That's kind of what these short-term plans were designed for. But instead, people, you know, are on Medicaid. States have been forced to keep them on there, uh, reducing their choice and access to care that people may want. Ray Hederman is Vice President for Policy at Ohio's Buckeye Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast wherever you please. And thank you for listening.